and welcome to the Esquire podcast, a space to inspire women to build their brands and business without leaving their faith behind. And I'm your host, Janet Oyadele. You'll be hearing candid conversations with founders, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals on navigating faith and life as an entrepreneur. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged as you listen. This is the Ascribe Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Ascribe Podcast. Today's guest is a fashion designer and garment technologist. At the age of 20, she became Britain's youngest ever bridal wear designer. And she also appeared on season two of the BBC's Young Apprentice. She's the founder of Alanuco, a luxury women's clothing brand based in London and serving clients internationally. Today's guest is Bemi Okunlola. Welcome to the show, Bemi. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How's your day been? It's been good. It's been good. Just been working at the studio, still at the studio. But yeah, no, it's been, it's been good. Great. And well done and congratulations on your latest collection, the Freedom Collection. How does it feel now that it's actually out there? Relieved. I'm relieved. <laughs> I'm relieved, <laughs> um, uh, relieved and I feel free, which is good. It's the Freedom Collection. So, you know, there's supposed to be an element of freedom there. Um, and I guess... I guess there's a whole lot of responsibility now to ensure that, you know, it goes as far as it's supposed to. And, you know, a lot of people are able to order dresses off the back of it. Mm, great. That's amazing. It must be exciting as well. So, yeah. Um, once again, thank you for joining today's podcast show. It's so great to have you on. Um, we're going to be talking about your faith journey, um, your entrepreneurship journey and all the things that you've been learning over the years um, as the founder of such an amazing um, brand. So before we get into it, I thought it'd be good just to understand a bit more about your passion for fashion and how it actually started um, and how your career has unfolded over the past years. Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, like my interest and in, I guess, you know, my passion for fashion uh, wasn't something that sort of kick-started my career in the industry. I didn't, I wasn't somebody who was heavily excited or heavily interested in the fashion industry. I was more interested in the garment construction mm-hmm. side of things. So I wouldn't say that I was like a fashionista or very stylish or anything like that. I more enjoyed the just creating dresses and the way that dresses came together or clothing came together. Um, and then through just making clothes for myself, my friends, my family, that sort of evolved into a hobby that I made money from and then evolved into what we have today. Um, it's only, I would say it's only really like in the recent years, in the past three years that I, my interest and love for fashion sort of developed and grew um, and then paired with my ability to create clothes is what has sort of made my brand grow to what it is now and just have a deeper meaning behind every every garment. Mm. I think that's so interesting. And, you know, I mentioned that you was on season two of The Young Apprentice many years ago. Um, what inspired you to go on to the TV show? So I've always been quite entrepreneurial since, you know, in secondary school from as little as buying donuts for, I don't know, four for one pound and selling each donut for one pound to making meal deals at school and selling those to um, completely changing our school uniforms, cardigan and selling those, selling shoes, just finding ways to make money. 
uh, and I loved the I loved the Apprentice. I used to watch it, the adult one that was. So I guess when they when I saw that there was an audition for the 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 young Apprentice, and you know there was an opportunity for us to go on it, I just thought to myself, hey, let me let me uh, you know let me apply and see how far this can go. Um, initially, I just thought this is not going to go anywhere. There's no way they're going to pick little old B from Peckham on The Apprentice. But it was actually my sister who was just like, well, it doesn't cost you anything to, to apply. So you might as well and see where it takes you. Um, so I did just that. And then, you know, I was able to see it through to actually being on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was a really good experience, actually. Mm-hmm. And do you think there was any like, key lessons that you learned during that process because beyond just being on the show it's a competition um, mm-hmm. and it also like you said it's, it's very much about how you can develop your entrepreneurial skills and you know kind, kind of step out of your comfort zone and do things that you might not ordinarily do or take an interest to so was there anything in particular that you think you learned during that process that has really helped you now in what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. I would say the biggest lesson I learned from being on The Apprentice was about delegation. Um, the actual, the project that I got fired on was, uh, without going into too much detail, was a project where we had to design a um, deodorant and the packaging of it wasn't, it wasn't, the packaging was okay, but in terms of how we marketed it and who we, who we chose to do the pitches, um, I was a team, I was a project manager for that project and I didn't make the right decision who was going to deliver the pitches for the project. And as a result, that basically made us not win the, 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 um, the task. And I remember Lord Sugar saying to me at the boardroom that, you know, obviously your skill set was really good when it came to the design and in terms of how you worked together as a team. When it came to who was delivering the pitches, you really should have delegated better and let the strongest person deliver the pitch. And as a result of that, we didn't win the project. And I just remember that always sticking with me, you know, that delegation is important. We may, you may be good at one, two, three or four things, but there are certain things that may not be your strength. And it's not about trying to do absolutely everything. It's about finding the right people to be able to do what they can do so that you can use your strengths to do the things that you can do. Mm, that's such a key lesson and I feel like it's one of the things that you know certain people struggle with is delegating either because Mm -hmm. you know they don't know how to find the right people or perhaps you know when you're trying to build something called grow a vision it's almost Mm -hmm. like you you protect it so much and you just don't know if you can let it go to other people Um, but yeah like you said I think it's so key to really understand your strengths and also to see the potential in others and the value they can bring to what you're doing so Mm -hmm. I guess about about two years following this, in 2013, you then decided to venture off and start your own brand, right? Um, yeah. How did how did you feel about starting something on your own and building a a brand, even following you know what had happened with The Apprentice? Yeah, I mean, naturally, I would say that I'm quite a risk taker, um, and I really just I think for me, I'm the kind of person where if I don't try it will annoy me that I don't know where that could have gone. Um, and I also don't take things too, I mean, take life seriously, but I just always think like, okay, if I do it and it doesn't work, am I going to die? No. So let me just at least try and do it. So I didn't really think too much about the idea of it failing. For me, it was like, I'm just going to do everything I can to make it work. Um, and then paired with the fact that I genuinely enjoyed what I was doing, it was just like, you know, enjoy what you're doing, but obviously use your brain to do it the right way. 
Um, and I just kept going. And then, you know, I was also young. I had a lot of support from my family, from my friends, etc. So in my mind, there was just, it just wasn't not going to work. I mean, what was not working for me, it not working was me not getting a single order or not being able to pay my studio rent. And when I kind of looked at the, the possibility of that happening, that was unlikely. So there wasn't a lot that was telling me not to do it. It was just more, oh, I mean, the things that were telling me not to do it wasn't, wasn't heavy enough in my head to actually make me not do it. So I was just like, well, I, there's enough in me telling me that I want to do it. So I'm going to do this anyways and see where it goes. Mm. Like you have this sense of, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot really. And yeah, not really crumble at the fear of whether exactly. it works out. Um, and I think that's such a great asset to have, um, especially as an entrepreneur. I think there are times where you just have to take that leap of faith mm-hmm. um, and really follow that path forward. So speaking about faith, um, yeah. where would you say that your faith journey began? Like when do you feel as though, there was, or do you feel like there was a moment where it was like, yeah, this is me and God now. I'm starting to develop my own personal relationship with him. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in a Christian household. So I've always been around, I've always, you know, sort of known and believed in Jesus, believed in God. Um, and then when I was 11, that's when I went to a church called the Potter's House and I gave my life to Christ there. So it was at an event. It was just like a, um, like a youth event that they were having. They they made an altar call. And it wasn't so much that, you know, I feel like a lot of times when people hear about, you know, people giving their life to Christ, it's like, oh, they did something really bad yesterday or, you know, that, you know, that something really, really bad happened where they need to really sanctify themselves or they got d- delivered from something. For me, it wasn't anything like that. It was simply that, you know, when they gave the altar call, they were speaking a lot about, do you have a personal relationship with God? Not that you've grown up in a Christian household or your parents know God for you or anything like that. But personally, do you have a personal relationship with God? And when I, when I thought about that question, um, I'm thinking about my relationship with my friends and my relationship with my family. And when you think about your, the comfort zone that you have with those people, if I was to think about God in that perspective, do I feel like I have that closeness with him? personally as opposed to through my parents or through just going to church and I couldn't truthfully answer that question with a yes so for me it was like okay well I want to develop that personal relationship with God and it was at that it was at that point that I made the personal decision to say yeah I'm giving my life to Christ um and you know since then I have done literally just just that I think that's so key. I feel like, you know, when you when you grow up in a Christian home, because I, I grew up in a Christian home, it's almost like you do things religiously, you do things yeah. routine, like, okay, I have to go to church and I have to do this and I have to do that. And it's almost like you do it without thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then when you get to that point where it's like, actually, no, I want to know this God for myself. I really want to get close to him. I want to understand what it is that my parents have been teaching me. Um, and it's kind of like, a, like you mentioned, like a friendship. And it's, it's being able to actually relate with that person on your own level mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know doing things the way others around you do it like speaking your own language to God like sometimes I speak to God like I'm a- actually speaking to a friend and I think it just makes that that relationship so much more enriching so yeah right I definitely can relate to having that moment where you feel like actually no it's time for me to get to know this God for yes. myself um and how would you say that your relationship with God influences the woman that we see you as today Oh, that's a serious question. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like for me, a lot of decision making, um, just 
being a business owner, you make so many, so many decisions. Um, and with those decisions that you make, a lot of that, something's going to influence your decision. Something's going to impact the decision that you make, whether it be the very industry that you're in, whether it be the country that you're in, the people who you have around you. Um, and especially when, you know, being in fashion, it being such a leading sort of interest, like fashion leads a lot of things. Fashion sets trends. Fashion, you know, it does so many things. It sets the trend for what you see of celebrities, what you see in the um in the magazines everywhere so i think for me it kind of helped me to be i made a decision with the kind of fashion that i was going to do um i was very deliberate in the kind of clothing i wanted to do i wanted to ensure that um when i see something i can be proud of what i'm making i didn't want something that was going to be too revealing i didn't want things that are going to be too like i wanted women who wear our, our our clothes to feel confident and beautiful without necessarily having to reveal themselves you know without having to sell themselves in a certain type of way and obviously each to their own isn't it everyone should feel comfortable with what they do but that was something that with me and my brand I wanted to feel as though when I see any of my items I can feel like I'm proud of it so in the fashion industry you know they say that sex sells they say that you know if you follow a particular trend then you know, your, your, your brand will go a, a particular length or go far. It won't go far if you don't follow trends. So I think for me, it was just kind of having that confidence that I'm walking it in the talent and the light that I was supposed to. I'm doing what I was supposed to do. So where I believe that, I believe that God will give me everything I need to be able to reach where I believe I'm supposed to reach in life. So when I have sometimes, you know, um, an opportunity which might be a great opportunity but might not necessarily show me in the way that I would like to be shown as a Christian woman in the fashion industry I would always know that okay well God you've put me here you've brought me to this point I don't believe at this stage I need to conform I don't believe that at this stage I need to do something um, adverse the way I, I usually do things in order to get to a certain place so it's kind of just always just knowing that the God who brought me where I am, who gave me the talent that I have, who's given me everything I need to be able to get to where I am and to continue to get to where I'm supposed to be will just continue to provide. Um, and I guess just having that confidence in Christ is what sort of orchestrates my movements and sort of orchestrates the the journey and the way I move um, through the industry, regardless of what the industry says is the standard. You know, obviously the industry is the industry. And if you choose to completely do like completely different things, then yeah, you might find that you're just completely not on the right track. But there are certain things that you might, I might say to myself, I don't want to do this. And if I seek God and I feel as though, you know, I'm comfortable and confident in what God has um, shown me to do, then I don't feel as though I'm missing out because I'm trusting in him. I think that's so amazing. Um, and it, it just reminds me of just the importance of having integrity. I feel, I feel like, especially as a business owner or, you know, um, a creative, sometimes you're going to get inspiration, you're going to get ideas and it can be quite hard when there's pressure to do things a certain way to reach success. Um, yeah. And I think it's so key and fundamental to have those those values already established in yourself, like those non-negotiables that kind of set you apart. And I think it really has for you. It has set you apart. And your brand is, you know, it's in a league of its own. I mean, you became at the Thank age of 20, um, Britain's youngest bridal brand designer. Like, how did that feel for you? 
<laughs> that was that was exciting. <laughs> that was really exciting because uh, going into the actual bridal bespoke industry wasn't that was not something that I had planned. That wasn't something that when I started making dresses, I had thought of in my head. I didn't even know I was going to go into bridal. I was just doing what I loved and seeing where it took me. So after releasing my first collection. Um, and then seeing, you know, the response that it got and how big it kind of went, that was like a lot at once because I wasn't expecting any of that. So for me, it was rewarding. And it, it, I think if anything, it was like another level of reassurance that, you know, you're doing the right thing and you didn't conform. You didn't do, you didn't do anything with this collection that you're not proud of to get there. You did everything that you thought was right. You did everything. You, you, I was comfortable and confident with everything that I did. I didn't feel as though I had to be somebody else. I didn't feel as though I had to drop my morals or the things that I believed in in order to do that. And, you know, that was the response. So for me, it was almost like a reassurance and just a constant reminder to me that if you can do it at that stage, at what stage do you feel as though you ever need to compromise or what stage do you feel as though you ever need to drop your values or your beliefs in order to succeed? Like you don't ever need to do that. You didn't do it in the beginning. So at what point you don't ever need to do that? If anything, you would, you know, your reputation should grow with you. So that should even work in your favor. You shouldn't ever need to feel as though, okay, oh, well, okay, fine. I'll just, I'll just say, I don't believe in God then. Or I'll just say, no, no, like that has been what has kept me so at no point will I ever do that I think that's so I think it's so lovely to even hear you say it um I think it's so nice and it's reassuring to anyone that's listening as well that you don't need to compromise on your Christian values and you can be different to those in the industry or the standards of the industry and God can still establish the path that he's already ordained for you um and I think it's just beautiful how you said that although you hadn't really planned or expected to go into bridal wear mm. you are thriving in that space and how do you find um working in the bridal industry Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I think for me, what really stood out to me or what I, what I loved and what made me make the decision to go into the bridal industry was, so it actually happened because I had two brides who contacted me. Um, this was before I started doing bridal to make their wedding dresses. Uh, and I took it on because I like challenges, but what I liked from the experience was just the intimacy of it. The, you know, it was very, it's a very personal experience every single bride's dress is because we do bespoke is very individual and I like I'm somebody who can get bored very quickly so for me bespoke was nice because every single every single dress you work on is different um so I enjoyed that um also the fact that with a wedding dress it's probably one of the most important things that you will ever have made in terms of clothing it's for such an important date so I love what I do I love the fashion aspect I love the production aspect so what I really wanted was to be able to work with people who loved that who loved what was happening just as much as I do because you're putting two people who are so passionate about the same thing together you're hoping that the end result is going to reflect that so I like the fact that you know it's your wedding I imagine and hope that you're going to be super excited and super invested in this situation and then me being the designer and completely loving what I do, putting those two together, it just creates magic. So for me, I, that's what I liked about, you know, that's what I liked, that's what I liked and hope that I'll continue to like about being in the bridal sector and creating wedding dresses for brides. Mm. 
Mm, that's so great. That's so great. And it's almost like you fell into it. So, you know, you had two people reach out to you and then from there you've taken a liking to um, creating bridal bridal dresses so you're now on your third collection i believe um the yes. freedom collection which was recently released all stunning designs i absolutely love all of them and i watched um the video the promo video about why you chose that theme the freedom yeah. theme um talk us through the actual process of you starting the collection to you now having it released because i think sometimes when people release you know collections it's almost like okay so they just went away they done it and then yeah it's here but I think it'll be nice to kind of hear how that yeah. has actually unfolded from inception to you actually executing it and releasing it. This is interesting because this is actually the first time I'm speaking about it aside, outside of speaking about it on the actual video. Um, so the collection, it came about, the idea came about at the beginning of lockdown. So when, I mean, I knew I was always doing a collection which was supposed to come out in 2020, um, but it, it, what what it was going to be based on the theme hadn't yet been set so at the start of lockdown when everything was getting you know the, there was the lockdown of three months and then weddings were being cancelled um and just everybody being at home I think for me the first thing that I kind of noticed was just how whilst we were at home we weren't allowed to do things as we usually do there was no sort of like outside freedom I didn't I didn't feel as though my freedom was lost. I was at home, I was enjoying being with my family like every day. I was enjoying the what was what to me was freedom indoors was free enough. So it, I kind of just was looking at the the irony of you know we don't have what we usually call freedom but yet I still felt free. Um and then on the contrary, I'll be seeing like people's posts and, you know, a lot of how everybody was expressing how they felt during the time. And there was, it was, I guess it was half, it was, you know, some people were saying that this is, this is rubbish, that, you know, they just want to go outside and stuff. And some people were just, I guess, just going with it. But I noticed that when it came to the people who were really like not really enjoying what was happening, um, I just started thinking like, okay, well, our freedom shouldn't be, it shouldn't lie in what somebody can literally physically give to us. Because when you look at it, I started thinking about people like Nelson Mandela um, and I started really looking like reading into it. And when he was in prison, um, but he wrote the book, The Long, was a Long Walk to Freedom. And he was speaking a lot about how, you know, the freedom was inside him. He, when he left prison, when he was released from prison and he, you find him always wearing dashikis. So he always wear these really bright, colorful dashikis. And I found it interesting that he always wore that. And I was, I'm sure there's a meaning behind this because he's quite a deep man, very deep man. So, um, I was looking into that and he said one time in an interview that the reason why he wears those colorful pieces is like he was locked, he was locked up for such a long time. As soon as he was able to breathe like normal fresh air again, he was going to make it clear to everybody that he's a free man. So he wanted to display that in any way he could. One way was his clothing. Um, then, so I was just looking at freedom in lots of different, in different ways through art, through perspective. And then shortly after I had the idea for the freedom collection, George Floyd was killed, murdered. Um, and then that was, that, that really, really, really affected me. I guess it affected the whole world, but it was interesting because he's not the first black person to be killed, brutally killed by, poli by police or by anyone. Um, maybe because life was so still at that time. So there was just a lot, 
you had a lot of time to really think about things, but that really, really, really affected me. And then I started thinking about um, just at the root of the problem and the fact that it really does boil down to racism, um, racism and just abuse of power. And then I started thinking about just, you know, how could these things be avoided to the point that I started thinking stuff like, okay, well, maybe if us black people never came to the Western world, maybe if we stayed, maybe if our parents stayed in Africa, we just all grew up in Africa, then if we were in Africa, we would all be black and, you know, all the white people would be white and then, you know, we'll never have to cross paths, we wouldn't experience racism, that wouldn't exist, etc. So that's when I started thinking about our parents leaving, why they even left Africa. They leave because they wanted to create a better life and then that led me to start thinking about birds and butterflies and how they fly and they migrate from country to country because they too want to find a better life and so on like my mind was just really really just going and I guess when I get into like a creative space it just goes like literally like bouncing from one thing to the next one thought to the next um and then I was just jotting all these things down so throughout the year and there was so many many things happening then on the thought of oh okay why don't black people just go back to Africa um and that the toll gate the Tollgate uh, massacre happened in Lagos. So I was like, okay, well, you know, here we are. There's me talking about, okay, well, yeah, let's just go back to Africa. Those black people are in Africa. They're in Nigeria. Um, but again, you know, they're being killed by their very own. So at the root of every single situation, all I could see was freedom, freedom. Everyone was supposed to be free. Like it literally just boiled down to that. No matter every everything that I was thinking of it was just everybody wants to be free everybody wants to be free everybody wants to be free um so that's where I got the idea for the for the collection being called the freedom collection um and then I just started looking deeper into things such as the flowers that we used in the collection um the types of birds that we used to you know use their feathers in the collection the types of shapes that we were using in the collection still being true to our silhouettes and the sort of styles that we do but trying to incorporate as much freedom um, elements within the collection as possible but they're also making it wearable fashion so it was a combination of so many things like the brainstorming that I did the mood boards that I did there was a lot there was so much and I think there was just a year 2020 was a year where there was so much time to think there was so I had so much time to literally just think and create and think and jot down and think and evolve and think and think and think and think. So through all of that, I didn't want to ever, um, I didn't want to ever stop my mind from evolving its thoughts. I just allowed it to do what I wanted to do without it being distracted by anything. Um, and I just let it do what it did. And if it looked weird in the end, then boy, it looked weird. I'll find a way to sort of reel it in. But if it looked good in the end, well, then that's a perfect thought that ended well, isn't it? So, yeah, that's pretty much how the Freedom Collection came about. And that's great. It's almost like, you know, the culture around you. So, like, from the lockdown to um, what was happening in Lagos through to, you know, um, the Black Lives Matters movement, that mm. all of that cultural movements um, inspired the collection and your creativity. And I think it's so great that you could birth something in that season. Mm. Um, and I think freedom is something that a lot of people can resonate with. I feel like 
sometimes, you know, you just want to be free in your identity. You just want to be mm-hmm. free in who God has called and created you to be. Um, and not everyone actually feels free to express themselves or, you know, free from the opinions or the judgment of other people. So I think freedom is such a strong concept. And I, I recently read a quote and it said, you'll never be truly free until you're living authentically. Have you ever felt in any season or in any situation with your business where, you know, you haven't felt free enough to do what you want or, you know, express your creativity in the way that you want? Yeah, definitely. So I would say with the last collection that we did, um, so we were toying with the idea of one of the, I guess one of the issues that we found, one of the sort of problems that we found was, um, well, I wouldn't say it was a problem. I'll say one of the challenges that we faced was trying to find clients who could pay the price that um, our dresses were would cost for the sort of styles that we wanted to make. Um, whereas what we were having was a lot, a lot of clients, a lot of clients. We would get getting finding clients and getting um, inquiries has never been one of our issues. We would get a lot, but the styles that they want is not necessarily in the budget that they're willing to spend. So what we did on our last collection, I believe it was our last collection or this collection before, no, it was our last collection. In our last collection, our 2019 collection, um, I said, okay, do you know what? Let's make a collection that's a lot simpler um, and it's, I guess it's more affordable. So we looked at the average budget for the kind of inquiries that we received. Let's make a lot of dresses that can fit within that price. So it was simpler um, and, you know, more people would be able to afford it. So in doing that, it definitely, definitely answered what we wanted to answer. We got the, you know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of orders, a lot of people with that budget because we displayed a collection that shows what we're capable of doing and it can reach a lot of people's budgets. But in creating the collections and the garments that we were making, um, whilst everybody else would love it, it didn't give me the level of fulfillment that I am used to receiving when creating dresses because I was only working to like my, like half my potential because they're such simple dresses. So literally, these are like easy peasy dresses that, you know, just make as many. It's a nice dresses, they're beautiful. You people see on Instagram will love it. It's nice, but it's just, it's just nice. It doesn't, it doesn't take too much out of me. Um, so that was where I would say there was a certain level of compromise for sure um, in a bid to try and, you know, make sure we receive clients. So when it came to this connection, I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, we shouldn't have to compromise and we shouldn't have to belittle or um, put a, you know, kind of pause our level of creativity or our level of ability to be able to reach clients. Why don't we do it the other way? Let's create as good as we are able to at this point and find the clients who can afford those dresses, right? Um, and yeah, I would say to anybody that that is definitely the route that is the better route to take. It's definitely the route that's harder work because the work doesn't stop. You've got to ensure that, you know, you're finding the right people that can afford you. But um, in terms of the fulfillment that comes from it, when you've put in a certain level of hard work and you see results off the back of that, that doesn't compare to just, you know, making the dress getting paid the whole lot of thousands and knowing that, okay, yeah, I got I made that quickly. Like there's certain the level of fulfillment that you get from knowing that you put your literally blood, sweat and tears into something and seeing the result of that, that I think is where 
you know, for me anyways, personally, that's where the reward comes from. I absolutely love that. And I'm, I'm so happy that in this collection, you decided to take the limit off um, and not restrict yourself on that level and actually produce at, you know, at the standard that you want, you know, um, designing and creating dresses that enable you to really stretch your creativity. I think it's just great. And, you know, there's 11 designs in your, in your current collection. And I'm sure that there's varying prices as well within that um those 11 designs as well but it's just great to be able to feel free enough to do what would bring you the fulfillment um knowing that there is a client there are customers out there that will absolutely love those dresses and be able to pay um and i think it's just having that mindset that um whenever you do feel restricted you need to ask yourself the questions why and how you can actually get around it um and i guess that kind of leads to branding because i feel like sometimes Branding is one of those things that positions you well for the market that you want to attract. And I can say that your brand is seamless. Like, you know, it's elegant. It's very sophisticated. Like, what would you say is the importance of having good branding when you're starting a business? Uh, branding is so important. I learned it quite late, though. Um, well, not late. I mean, I haven't been in the industry for too long to be saying <laughs> I've learned it late. But I, if I could have learned it earlier, I wish I, I did. It's, I think branding is like, they say, when it, when it comes to branding, before somebody's even seen your product, it's almost like someone's supposed to feel a certain way. And I guess there's a difference between, you see a white t-shirt made by X brand and it's 500 pounds. You see a white t-shirt made by Y brand and it's 50 pounds. The only difference, sometimes obviously there's a quality aspect, but a lot of the time, the main difference between those two products is how one of them branded it and how the other didn't brand it. So I think the branding thing is what kind of gives somebody the confidence to feel as though there is enough reason to part with their money for this product. Whether that's a luxury product, whether it's a high-end product or a low-end product, it just kind of gives somebody the confidence to feel like this is, this is solid, this is serious. Like even when you look at websites, a lot of the time, I say, I say this speaking from you know me doing the same thing, we neglect you know our websites we neglect our social media pages um and then we're like oh yeah like you know we're like the clients where are they where are they but it's like the home page of your website has been a landing page for, for five years and it's like do you want to put something on there you know just maybe because if you think about it when you go to a store you go to a shop a storefront you don't you don't want to walk to a storefront where there's never anything in the windows. When you come to the window, you want the window to bring you in. Like you see something in the window, oh my gosh, I need to go in there and look at that. But a lot of times we do things like our websites, our home pages are just so crap. We go onto the home page of the website and it's just like, why is anyone gonna click the menu? Why? Why would I go any further when day in, day out? we can literally see like the back end of the website on the front. It's just not making any sense. So I said to myself, do you know what? At the end of the day, if I, I like to look at my brand as though I'm the client and I'm quite a fussy person, very fussy. So I'm like, okay, if I was the, if I was the client and I was coming to just look at these stuff, yes, the dresses are nice, but you know, I want to see a consistency of nice dresses. I want to look on the end. I want to be able to know that when I call up, I get through to somebody. If I don't get through, they call me back. If I email, I want a response within 48 hours. I, you know, I just want there to be a foreigner throughout every part of this brand. Obviously we're a growing brand. So, um, you know, there might be areas where you fall short and you work on those areas to improve. Um, but for me, 
I realized at a certain point that, you know, the branding's important. Uh, and again, that was something that I had to let go of and allow somebody to take over because for the longest time, for like the, the first three years of, yeah, three years of Alanuco, I was rolling with this logo that I had created. Um, and I was, it was so personal to me because I had drawn it and then like made it like graphic on a computer. So for me, the logo was the best logo I could ever have. And then I spoke with a, um, a logo designer and she just told me straight up, like, you need to let go of this. What is this? This does not go with, the, with what you create. And I remember feeling so offended because I was like, how dare you? Like, do you know, I made this logo. Like, the way she now simplified it and literally gave me the A, like just an A, <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> Okay, you know, there's a lot more to Alanico. <laughs> you don't want to maybe incorporate that. You know what's funny? Because you have an A as well. So I was like, but I remember looking at the A and being like, this isn't, this isn't complete. And then she literally, like, it was like an ongoing thing for like a week, if not two. She had to tell me, like, Bemi, you're going to learn to love it. But I'm telling you, you need, it needs to be classic. It needs to be timeless. It needs to be something that 10 years from now, you're not saying you want to change. When I look back at my old logo now, it makes me laugh because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I was so childish. Like, what was that? <laughs> but, you know, it took a brand specialist to kind of open my eyes to see that you focus on what you do. That's making beautiful dresses. Let me take charge of this branding part. Um, and I let her do that. Um, the same with the website even though I came to put my fingers in that after. But yeah, I just understood that when it comes to branding, it's just so important. It's the first thing that people see and you can't neglect it. You just can't. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, and I love how you touched on not just the logo and the website. You you also talked about like customer service. And I think when you're thinking about a brand, it goes beyond what you can see. It's about how you make mm -hmm. people feel. Um, and that's just so key, especially when you're in a service-based industry as well, where you're working with clients. And especially with bridal, where, you know, like you mentioned, it's a big day like for them. Um, and so the brand translates through everything. Um, and I think it's just so key to understand that. Branding can really set you apart um, mm -hmm. and it can enable you, like you said, to sometimes charge those premium prices because people can see the quality that you're offering and exactly. they have that confidence in you. They know that you know you've been consistent, they know that you pay attention to detail, and so you're able to charge at those premium prices. So yeah, I think it's so key to always ensure that you do pay attention um, mm -hmm. to your brand. Um, and I know in our current society, it's it's one of those things where a lot of us see the highlights, we see the success successes you know we can see that yeah Bemi's done so much you know at such a young age she, you know she became the youngest bridal wear designer she's been on The Apprentice her third collection you know and sometimes people get so caught up with the highlights and the successes and I think it's great um, but one thing they need to understand is that there's been sacrifices along the journey mm -hmm. that has led to that so what would you say has been one of the sacrifices that you had to make, you know, like building your business over the years um, that people may not actually be aware of? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a given. I think anyone that's starting a business, running a business, they're going to do sleep. Um, there's, there's a lot, you know. I would say one of the things is just your time. Like... Your time is just not your own. It is, it is your own. But what you do with it, like, did you have, as a, as a business owner, 
you have so literally you get to make all the decisions you get to make all the choices right but the choice that you make is so important like if i make a stupid decision because of a temporary desire i can find myself in so much trouble right so it's like just knowing that you're so you're literally you're, you you have to be responsible all the time so a lot of the time where you know i would like to do this i would like to chill with my mates i would like to go on holiday i would like to do this you know those things sometimes a lot of the times you know sacrifice you just have to say okay well look i do this this is the this is the outcome i do that this is the outcome um and i think another thing for me as well is like when you're running the business right i don't really i don't really talk about money too much in business just look at the free dresses let's not talk about money too much but one thing that's interesting is when you, when you start a business you make certain amounts of money right and then you just look at the amount of money that you have to put that you put back into the business and it's like with that uh, the money that you made this year i could have had this i could have had that i could have had this and you just think well that's the sacrifice. But again, that's very dependent. I always say to people, that's very dependent on the goal that you have for your business because um, I guess if some people are very comfortable with a, you know, a local brand or a brand that does X amount and they're fine with that. So you can just remain consistent at a certain level. But if you're trying to like build a brand that will, um, you know, exist past you, the groundwork, which seems like groundwork can take 10 years or however many years, that part you find that, you know, it's just, you just feel like you're just always giving. I'm always giving. I'm always giving. So in all that giving, you just, sometimes you can think the life that I'm living is not matching up to the, to what I'm able to create. But, um, in the long term you begin to see the results so like as i'm growing i'm slowly seeing the results um as the brand grows and i look back and i think oh my god like if i didn't if i didn't do the second collection if i didn't do the third collection if i didn't expand my team if i didn't if i decided that no i'm not going to employ more staff i'm going to increase my salary and you know i mean all those things yeah it's fantastic you'll be able to do a lot more things um for yourself personally which is good but then what what impact would that have on your brand? Would it grow? Would it be where it is today? You know? So sometimes, not sometimes, doing it right, the sacrifice, in the end, it rewards you. Mm. And that's so key. And like you mentioned, um, it's almost like the responsibility of making these decisions rests on your shoulders. And that in itself can be something that, you know, you have to navigate as you, as you lead that vision. Um, how would you say that your faith has helped you to kind of navigate any difficult decisions that you've had to make for your business? Um, just praying and believing that. I genuinely always believe, like, when I don't, like, I'm not going to ever sit here and be like, oh, yeah, I never worry. You know, it's just, you know, always with the fairies and birds. Absolutely not. Like, I'm constantly always thinking like always always thinking so that can sometimes lead to worry but um the way i see it i've had enough situations that could have ended terribly and it never did um i mean yeah i've had enough of those where literally like it's like god you really saved me like honestly yeah i, I work hard 100 percent. but even the ability to work hard like the amount of times that i've literally done like two days straight with no sleep like the strength that's needed to be able to do that the brain space to be able to do that and not make mistakes whilst you're doing it i don't 
take all the praise and glory for that. Do you know what I mean? Like those things for me, I'd like, yeah, God, like you're really, really doing something. You're definitely working behind the scenes. People see my face, but you're really the person like orchestrating my hands and helping me think straight and do all of those things. So for me, I'm just like, okay, you've done it so many times. Like how long have I been making dresses now for? How long have we had staff for? How many studios? Like every single time that has been a point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I do not even understand. Like I've thought to the point that I have a migraine. I've I don't I don't know how to figure this out. It's just always it always works. And I don't really believe in the whole, it just figured itself out. I'm like, God is doing something and he's like, okay, look, yeah, I didn't bring you this far for you to just be like, okay, yeah, this is the end of the journey for you. No way. So I'm just always confident that you've done it to this point. I don't really get, I don't really see, like, unless I'm, unless it's my time to die, I don't really see where you're going to leave me at this point. I'm still serving you. Like, I've really been, I'm just confident that you're going to keep, going to keep providing and keep, you know, there's, that's not to say that there's, you're never going to see failure. I don't, I don't want to confuse anybody. You can definitely see failure, learn from it, pick yourself up and keep going. But I'm just so confident that, you know, God will make way. He always has. I don't see why he wouldn't anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's having that assurance that God is with you on that journey, right? And knowing mm. that even if you do take a wrong turn or if something does happen that, you know, you didn't expect, that he will help you through it. And I think yeah. sometimes as women, it can be quite difficult for us to bounce back from a mistake or, you know, if something hasn't gone right, you know, you faced a disappointment. Um, it can sometimes be a bit difficult to get yourself back up onto your feet. Have mm-hmm. you ever found that it's been like hard for you to bounce back from something that hasn't gone right? Yes, yes, it's been hard, but have I, I've always done it. I've always done it. Um, I've always been able to bounce myself back up. Um, and just, I'm somebody who like, I really like to like really stare the situation in its face. And the thing is as well, like I'm, I'm forever busy. Um, and my mind is really, really important to me. So if I allow myself to get stuck in a situation, I'm not really able to function at my full capacity. So I need to, I need to like close the last case to be able to know, okay, cool. That's done. Let's move on to the next situation. So I guess for me, bouncing back and being able to, you know, get back stronger, keep it moving, is just being able to identify what is it that caused that to happen in that way? How am I going to avoid that from happening next time? And ensuring that, you know, I've learned from that and we can keep it moving. Yeah, I think that's so key. I feel like there's so much wisdom we can gain from our mistakes if we take the time to learn the lesson. And it can just, you know, sometimes we feel like, you know, it's the end of the world or there's no way to recover. But Mm -hmm. sometimes even our mistakes can lead to the biggest blessings. And definitely, even in design, like I know I've seen and read and heard of like designers who say, oh, this wasn't actually meant to be the way it was meant to turn out. But Mm -hmm. along the line, you know, I'd done something where it didn't look right and it just ended up looking like this. And sometimes we have to just take the time to sit down and say, okay, what can I learn from this? Or where can I go? from this even though it wasn't where I planned to go from the beginning so mm-hmm. I think that's so key um and what would you say brings you the most joy um in terms of what you do um as the founder of you know this amazing brand and I know beyond right away you also do the corsets mm-hmm. you teach um I know you was teaching classes um what brings you the most joy about the work that you're doing um knowing that 
I am doing what I genuinely feel I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I'm able to do it with being exactly who I am without having to pretend to be somebody or conform to a particular way. And then also just when you make a dress for a bride and they come and collect their dress and they're literally like standing in the mirror, like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this is me. Like different reactions. You get people who cry, you get people who can't stop laughing, people who are just like saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like just being able to contribute to somebody's day in that way um, and just seeing how they feel. Like you're, you're just contributing to such a beautiful moment, you know, that's going to contribute to the fiance, how he feels when he sees his wife, how she feels when she sees herself, how the mum feels, how the dad feels. How, you know, it's such a big deal. And then those pictures will last forever. They're children. You're just being a part of something that just doesn't really ever end. Um, and knowing that that all comes from me just being obedient to a talent that God blessed me with. And knowing that I've literally, all I've done is accepted that talent, cultivated it and used it to be able to bless somebody. Um, yeah, I would say that probably brings me the most joy. That's amazing. And you do it so well. So yeah, keep going. I'm really excited for the future of everything you know that's going to unfold over the next few years. Um, it's just amazing, as I mentioned, to see the growth so far. And I'm sure that God's got so much more in store for you. So yeah, it's great. It's really, really great. Um, and I thought it'd be nice to end on five quick fire questions. Um, and I just want you to oh. answer the first thing that comes to mind. It's not difficult, trust me. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, um, yeah, you enjoy it as much as I do. So what is one software or app that helps you with your business? Canva. I love Canva. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, one habit that helps you in life and work? Laughing all the time. <laughs> uh, okay, great. One tip for money management as a business owner? have two accounts when you set up a business set up a business account and have your personal account do not ever have them together yeah that's just the ultimate tip <laughs> one person who has had a big impact on the woman that you are today oh my days I can't have one person I can say my family my household family I can't say one okay my great. dad my mum my oldest sister my second oldest sister my youngest sister and my youngest brother Wow, the whole family, she's just getting yes. shout out. <laughs> um, and finally, one Bible verse or Bible character that keeps you going? Um, I would say Job, mm. because he really went through it all um, and he came out on the other side. Yeah, he surely did. Um, and yeah, I think the story of Job is one that would inspire many people like, and just remind us that even when you go through the darkest moments and see them in life, like you can still come out of it with God by your side. So exactly. Yeah. Great. And how can we stay connected with you? How can we keep following your journey? Um, and yeah, stay connected with all that you're doing. Uh, you can find me on all the social media platforms on Alonuco, Alonuco Bespoke, um, oh, Alonuco underscore Bespoke, and Bemi Okanola, our website, www aladuco.co.uk um and yeah great thank you it's been so amazing sitting down and speaking with you hearing about your journey your faith and how business has started and grown over the past few years thank you again for your time bimmy thank you so much janet thank you thank you for listening to the ascribe podcast 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe as it allows other entrepreneurial women like yourself to find the show. If you would like to find out more about Ascribe, visit us at ascribeculture.com. Enjoy the rest of your day and take care.